When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. Welcome back to Fright School. Hello, Joe. Hello, Joshua. Ah, Good, I can see your face. Look at us. We're back in the uh, digital content um, online creative space. Yeah, what did we <laughs> used to call it? The uh, Amelia Earhart? What is it? The West Craven? <laughs> you had different remember. names for different Yeah, we things. changed it. Yeah, but like the online learning annex. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> virtual Zoom room class, virtual mm-hmm. distance learning. <laughs> virtual distance, yes, yes, yes. Uh, how are you? How's the week going? It's good. Um, you know, it's been um it's been a fun time uh over here. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, so I think we talked a little bit. I don't remember if we've mentioned on the show, but you know, we upgraded, we got new mics, we have the same microphones, got new like headphones and stuff. And this thing, it's so sensitive. So now I'm like way more because I can hear all this creaking and you know, movement. And now I'm like, oh god, I gotta just like sit perfectly still. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta like strap your like clockwork orange yourself and yeah, it's uh, like the chairs. It's like creaky. haunted house anyway sorry it's creaky Uh, like your bones right Uh, yeah exactly my knee my hip um okay back to you joe and we're not talking about me right now we're talking about you this is we're giving you know space for joe what's going on um (laughs) things have been good um i um i'm very excited to be starting a new job soon um i'm not gonna say what it is of course because uh set boundaries find peace uh set what is it set boundaries no peace uh yes there we go um set boundaries no peace but i (laughs) um i'm very excited to be starting a new job soon um where i can be where i can be uh open about my love of horror uh not that i'm not open now where I am mm-hmm. about my horror love. Uh, I was uh, a, a while back. I had moved offices in my current job, and I have this like lovely like skull mug that has like a like a um, it's it's like a mug with a little uh, I was gonna say a top hat, infuser like a, like a cut like just a cover on top of it. Oh, and okay, okay. the mug itself is purely decorative. Like I don't use it to drink anything out of, but I use I put candy in there. So you know, if people oh, okay. want, they can come and get some candy. And I was telling one of our interns that um, they were like, "Oh, that's a cute mug," and I'm like, "Yeah, it's just I I set it here on my desk to remind people every day that we are all gonna die." 
And she did not like that. <laughs> she did not like that. <laughs> well, and that is her problem. She's got to she's got to work out her relationship. Yes, know, to, it was like... to her own mortality. Um, I and I was like, ah, oh, this is amazing. How old is she? Like in her twenties or something? Yeah, she's yeah, she's yeah. like in her early twenties. I think she yeah. was just she was just really she looked pr- profoundly troubled by it. And then I yeah. was like, well, you know, when you don't worry, you when you get to be my age, you <laughs> you'll have plenty of time. Uh, yeah, to your advanced out. years, Joe. You're so old. Just wait. <laughs> just at death's door. We are all at death's door. We are all three inches away from the veil. (laughs) Here we go. I love that. Only three inches away. It's it's from a. (laughs) I'm kidding. You know. I mean, you know. I I don't. I don't. I'm not a size queen for death. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Size queen for death. (laughs) Ah, that's brilliant. How have you been? Good. Tired. Um, school is a lot. It's a lot of work, uh, obviously. <laughs> but uh, things are going pretty well. I had to take a, a an exam, a uh, legal and ethical uh, exam. To mm-hmm. you, you, if you don't pass it, you can't start practicum. Uh, which is, you know, problematic since I've been interviewing with uh, practicum sites and I've accepted a site I got offered and I accepted a place that uh, that's going to train me, you know, so. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Yes. Look out, uh, people. <laughs> I'm going to be your therapist soon. Yeah. Uh, very, She's very coming. Soon. She's coming for your mental health. She's going to snatch yes. your mental health. <laughs> <laughs> No, she's going to get your mental health snatched. Yeah, we're going to get it. We're going to get it all in order. Um, But uh, yeah, so I had to take this exam. So I had a very like stressful week of like, actually, because we knew the exam was coming for the first, you know, month or so of of class. So like studying for it a lot, putting a lot of time and energy into this exam and into, you know, studying legal stuff and ethical stuff and you know there's so much and it can be very confusing and it changes all the time so what the standards are or what you know the law is it shifts and it depends on where you are so anyways it was a lot of stress um and thankfully i got a hundred percent on it (laughs) so i passed which is great and uh, yeah i'll get to start practicum which i'm working out the contract now i'm supposed to it's it'll start this summer so my contract starts in july so i'll probably be seeing patients in the fall because i'll have a few months of kind of onboarding you'll be paid no 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 this is training this is just okay the the payment is in your uh is in time your labor (laughs) Exactly. Yes. And it's in, in getting to learn. I'm learning. So <laughs> she yeah. is learning. She is a learned girl. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, it's very rare to find paid uh, training sites for therapists, which again is really unfortunate because it does, it does um, exclude people who can't afford to yeah take this kind of time off or can't afford to go into the kind of debt it, it takes. So for me, I've decided it's worth it and I've taken on a huge amount of debt. And, uh, you know, I just have to trust that I mean, they get to that place where I'm going to be able to charge enough an hour to uh, <laughs> make yeah. it all worth it uh, to some degree, at least on that side of it uh, on, you know, paying mm-hmm. back, you know, the loans. Although I am also counting on public service uh, forgiveness stuff, hopefully crossing fingers. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's really, really tough to get paid jobs 
problems. They're out there. Some people have, sometimes people get offered. Sometimes you've been there for a while training and they go, you know, Hey, we'd like to pay you. And something happens and you might get a stipend or something like that, but it's, it's, it's pretty rare. So I'm pretty much know that I'm not making any money for the next couple of years. Um, so um, join us, uh, patreon.com slash fright school uh, <laughs> to help keep the lights on here. Cause, uh, I'm not putting any money into this right now. Um, not really. <laughs> no. Uh, no, I, I'm teasing kind of a little bit, but, um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to do that. And, uh, you know, and then in, in about a year or so, once I get enough hours to graduate, I can move to, um, an associate, and then I will get paid. Though that's a job, mm-hmm. uh, an associate uh, marriage and family therapist. So then you get to, you do get paid uh, while you work to gain uh, hours for individual licensing. And then once that happens, I can go private, and then people can just pay me directly. Mm-hmm. They'll pay you. <laughs> you'll you'll pay your privates. Yes, there we go. Exactly. So yeah, it's been a pretty. It's that that was helpful, and it's kind of relaxed some of my. Uh, school stuff that's going on because it was just a lot to try to manage all the classwork that I need to do every week. And then on top of that, studying for this exam, doing interviews, you know, talking with sites, trying you spending the time even sending more emails out because not everybody's responsive. So it's just, you know, I was just kind of in this cycle yeah. for the first few weeks of the year. And now a lot, and now that's all done. So I can focus on, you know, all the other stuff. Are you, <laughs> um, um, have you had any opportunity to like engage in TV media, anything like that? I mean, am I stealing <laughs> well, yeah, your, am I stealing your, what are you watching question? But right. No, that's okay. Yeah. We're, uh, we're watching that last of us, the last of us show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I've been watching that. We're watching drag race. Um, kind of, I'm most, I have to say, I spend a lot of time on my phone. Uh, so I keep looking up like, who are these people? I don't know who any of them are still yet, but uh, Although that is typical, if you go back and listen to old episodes of Fright School where we discuss uh, Drag Race, you definitely hear, you know, that it takes me a while to, I like to let it get down to like eight queens, seven queens, then I can learn all their names. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, um, I feel like I, I was watching something. I, you know, I, again, it's the rewatch stuff. So I'm re, I've been rewatching mm. Glow before bed at night. Nice. Uh, so I've been enjoying, yeah, revisiting that story, even though I know that it just ends in a cliffhanger, still depressed uh, that we didn't get a movie or something to wrap it up. Um, but yeah, so The Last of Us is probably the big thing we're watching. I watched the first episode of that Poker Face on Peacock, which yeah. is with uh, Natasha Leone. Yep. I mm-hmm. love her. So I did watch that. Uh, what about you? I'm also watching The Last of Us. Um, okay. Very excited to uh, watching The Last of Us. Um, I've been re-watching uh, The Walking Dead. Um, right. Been- That's... I- yeah, the crossover of those two must be really interesting. It is fascinating, considering how, one, I mean, like, Walking Dead went on forever. Right. Uh, it, like, I'm like, wow, we're, Walking Dead just ended, what, November 22, so just last, just last year. And it is really interesting to see how the show dealt with things at a certain point. Like, there's a threshold where... I'm I'm now at the point in my rewatch where I'm having to be more intentional because I stopped watching after episode 
um, episode one of season seven. Okay. And now I'm like in still in the beginning of season seven. So I'm being like, oh my God, like the, these episodes are now new to me. And okay. they are, it's the world is so much bleaker. Mm-hmm. And I remember like now I like I remember I could feel it in my bones as I was rewatching the season, the season six finale and then the premiere of season seven. Um, I remember just like how I felt like, ah, yeah, I can't watch this anymore because it's just too bleak and I don't particularly care anymore because, you know, one of my favorite characters dies and, right. and all those. So it's just like it's been really interesting now to kind of push through that because I do want to see I want to see how they end it <laughs> and I want to see how ultimately um, they deal with a lot of stuff. Plus. Uh, the biggest criticism I heard of the series finale is that n- a lot of the major storylines or like the, a lot of the major character arcs um, don't get wrapped up because they're all slated for spinoffs. Right. And so I'm just kind of like, okay, well, you know, knowing that it's not going to have a, a, a satisfying ending for like four or five storylines is really disappointing, but um, yeah, it's, it's really uh D um, uh, demotivating. I don't know what the word is I'm looking yeah. for. Like to finish. Yeah. Like, you know, if you know that something isn't. Yeah, it's kind of how I felt when Jeffrey first started talking about uh, Firefly and he's like, you have to watch his show. But you uh, know, I knew like the story of how it was canceled and all the drama and rigmarole that was around it before Ice. And I'm like, why do I want to watch this show when I know I'm going to be upset about it? Yeah. Um, I still watch it. And I loved it. And I've watched it many times uh, since. So it's not as if it's always you know gonna be uh, a situation of like deprioritizing it or or whatever but um i definitely i feel you there that's almost why i don't want to go back and finish it because i dropped out like season four or five i think because it was just getting so i've talked about this i think before yeah. just oh yeah we know it's all the same like so you know yeah. oh we're gonna spend time here and uh, horror is gonna happen we're all gonna move and now we're gonna we've set up a whole new world and everything's gonna be great oh no it's not great now everybody moves you know, so it's just like yeah. it got it's very it predictable. Too predictable. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, so, and I just think it also just went on way too long. I, I'm really getting to a point in my life where I think three to five seasons is enough to tell a story. Mm-hmm. Enough to tell a good story. Yeah. Uh, you know, in this kind of stuff, you know, cartoons, whatever. Some things that are you know, dependent on like this huge narrative arc, fine. Uh, if you want to roll on for 50 years, The Simpsons, you do it. But, um, or however many years they've been on the air. I know it's not actually 50, but it's like 30 something, right? It's The Simpsons started the year I was born, so it's at least 33 years. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's crazy to me. But anyways, The Walking Dead did not need to go on for 33 years, but it felt like it did. <laughs> no, it it, it it it's feeling that way, too. And so, and because and of it that... It felt that way, not, in like, to me, for season yeah, four or five, yeah, season six, four. you know, so it's like, geez. <laughs> and we're at a point, I'm at a point right now where I, it's not high on my list anymore. Like, if I feel like I'm in the mood to be yeah. really bummed out by a show, then I'll go put it on. But yeah. it's also been, I don't, Joshua, it's, it's the living in this world for the last few weeks um because i started the rewatch when the first episode of last of us premiered so as of recording this it's been four weeks into the and like i've like i'm at season seven now and so it's yeah i've been living in this kind of apocalyptic world for a long t- for a while and it's 
I was like sitting in, I was like waiting for a light uh, the other day in my car. And I remember like I was the, where I was stopped, there was like this big, there's this big like hill where there's like a church on the hill and you have to like drive up into it. And I remember thinking like, huh, that's a good place to put it. That's a good place to have our civilization because there's a big hill up there and we can put stuff <laughs> at the bottom. Like, and now I'm like seeing things from like a post-apocalyptic <laughs> lens. Um, yeah. And it's just like, I'm like, oh my God, this is, um, and and I've been thinking, I've been back in that headspace again, which is, it's, it's a weird place to be. Um, and, oh, I have a, here's a fun story. Um, I have friends who don't like horror. Um, shocking, I know. But uh, they, I had, uh, last night I was at a birthday party and my two friends who are very not horror people, but um, like do like to be up on like, you know, fun things in uh, popular gay culture were like, tell us about the third episode of The Last of Us. Like, how gory is it? We really want to watch it because we heard it's so beautiful. And I was like, yeah, I mean, it's gorgeous. And one of the best, like, you know, ways to, one of the best episodes of television in the last five years, if not the last two. And and I had this, like, had to, I was having this beautiful conversation with them about, like, yeah, there's, like, a lot of beautiful TV, beautiful movies out there that, like, a lot of people will never see because it's in it's a genre it's in horror genre right. and it makes yeah. me sad and so I, I this is all of this to say joshua is that um i formally am apologizing to you for uh thinking that um the fly is for clowning on you that the fly is a is a tragically beautiful movie <laughs> Because I was having this realization <laughs> as I was talking to them. I was like, it's so beautiful. And, you know, there's this and they're struggling together. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's so heartbreaking. And I was like, this sounds like Joshua talking about the fly. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but to be fair, so I was going to ask you about The Last of Us. I wasn't sure if you were caught up because obviously it's been out there mm -hmm. in the cultural landscape being discussed, almost universally loved. There is this guy on Twitter who wrote like an article. He's like, or actually, I should, I don't, I think it, they're they. I shouldn't say he, they. Um, they wrote an article basically like tearing it apart, just talking about how terrible it was, how contrived it was, how saccharine it was, all this stuff. And just, this is not the representation like we're asking for or kind of thing, uh, which I thought was very strange. And mm. oddly, usually I'm that person that's kind of, you know, on that side of things, you know, um, like pissing all over happiest season. And, you know, um, what was the other one that we are bros? Uh, you know, like, ah, fuck this, man. Uh, but I was like, yeah, this person is dead wrong. Like, it, it was so beautiful. Um, I cried. It made me cry. Uh, just because I also saw, I really saw myself and like Jeffrey in that story. Mm. Uh, because you don't see like, you don't see queer people in those stories typically. Like they weren't super young, like hot dudes, you know, there were these guys in their, you know, in, in their middle years or whatever, middle-aged dudes who find each other in the midst of an apocalypse. Uh, you know, one is like, obviously some kind of a little bit, you know, a Nick Offerman's character. He's a little yeah. like, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, politically vague, <laughs> uh, so to speak. 
Uh, <laughs> we're not, you know, we're not really sure. I know that the video game, they say he's definitely, he feels right wingy, and he does. And this too, he's got all the guns and he's mm-hmm. very like, the government is full of Nazis. And so I'm like, yeah, exactly. This guy's got, this guy knows what's happening. Uh, but it was just a very interesting story. And again, like when I think about the deaths that we all deserve and when I'm thinking about, you know, you know, doing the, you know, grief work and death, like doula work and this kind of stuff, it's like, yeah, man, like may we all have control and and be able to say when it's like when it's done. Uh and so it was just very very beautifully done. Um yeah, and it, it I found it to be very very emotional and it it made me cry. I was just like I'm a I'm a fucking mess. Yeah. <laughs> but I just saw our, us like really reflected in these two people in a way that I I don't think I've ever seen like truly on television, you know, that where I felt like represented in some way yeah yeah but that makes sense like yeah us in a way so yeah it was oh, very it's beautiful yeah it was very very moving i just mm. found the whole thing and so seeing some of these disparaging remarks like i'm always prepared for like straight people to hate you know queers certainly um you know i'm all like that kind of con- i'd like i don't care i don't give two fucks about the people who are like wow well, that's not the way i watch in the video game you know like i don't fuck off i don't care about you yeah um, but I was surprised that there was such like a queer kind of backlash, uh, cause this article that I read and then the tweets that followed, there was a lot of people that agreed and, and, and were like, yeah, this show's such trash. I don't know why everybody's loving it, but I'm like, well, well I, I guess I'm in the minority for once of actually loving something that <laughs> I'm enjoying it. Uh, but you know, that also is true for, um, this Velma show on HBO Max. So we've been watching, we watched The Last of Us. We watched Worst Cooks in America. <laughs> um, so that like, so, but The Last of Us is very, very heavy. So we usually, yeah. we've been ending Sunday nights with like our worst cooks and then the Velma show, which we both are like, this is hilarious. We're like laughing our asses off. It's so dark. Uh, it's like, it's, you know, kind of really skewering a, you know, <sighs> Something that's so beloved, like Scooby-Doo, yeah, in like yeah. a really interesting way. And I'm just like, I'm loving it. But like the whole world hates it. And I don't understand why. But I also, I think I'm a little out of touch with Mindy Kaling and like some of the stuff around her. Because I didn't want, like, I never really watched, like, we don't watch CBS, ABC, NBC. Like, we don't really watch network television. So I never watched like some of the stuff that she was on. I never followed like the politics around her. But I guess she's gives off to some people she's a bit of white centering apparently is some of the criti- critique against her um you know there's some other things about her that have kind of set people off to where they're reading Velma as actually low key like white supremacist conservative alt right like what in it yeah i'm it's really strange the conversation so i'm like i i don't see that but again you know some people watch star wars and you know, they're right wing assholes and they're reading it as like, oh, the liberals are Darth Vader. Come yeah, those like, liberal you know? cucks. Yeah. You know, so it's like everybody, you know, you bring your this is why I try to be careful about hating on stuff or or saying what is or isn't good or what is and isn't trash. Because, again, something that I'm like, no, I totally get where this is coming from. Somebody else is like, no, 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 no. That's not what it's saying at all. Uh, and I, I'm okay, you know, you're right. That's cultural analysis. <laughs> yeah, we have yeah, what it what is the, the I got paid. What is a what is a uh, to to um, paraphrase something that Roxanne Gay said is that we don't get paid to give our opinions, but 
<laughs> we to critique the culture, but everyone has an opinion. Um, right. That's that's really interesting. Um, I um, I know that some of the critique that I've heard from uh, uh, heard about Mindy Kaling is coming from the like Indian American community, from the Desi community. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and how like you know, let's have. Uh, her characters are always like these like imperfect and kind of uh kind of trash <laughs> trash indian women um but i also feel like that's probably i mean that i feel like that's probably intentional so that way there's you cuz you can't so that way you there's a little bit more depth there um yeah. i watch her show uh never have i ever and i think that it's i think it's brilliant in how it portrays um responses to grief um yeah and but that's that's fascinating that velma is white supremacist <laughs> uh, again it was like you know you see stuff on twitter and whatnot and who knows what people really you know yeah. are thinking but i know that the it, it's been like review bombed like it's a uh, rotten tomato score is really really low uh lots of neg i see tons of negative stuff around it so i don't know again it's just weird for me not to be part of the hate crowd in a way <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for something so it's and it happened a couple times this week and in mm -hmm. thinking about La the last of us and then the overall response to velma so but mm -hmm. what did you think overall of the last of us do you kind of agree that you it was beautiful you enjoyed it did you cry? yeah um i i will probably um i'm probably gonna watch it again uh in and then lead it into the next episode okay. um i really like what they're doing not with me. these. i do not want to watch it again <laughs> It was it was um, so good, but I don't want to. <laughs> I I, I want to give it like my full attention um, mm. because I was I was like there was intermittently distracted when I was watching it the first time, and so I'm going to give it my full attention this next one. Um, what I'm loving about the show overall is that they're not afraid to introduce these really bold characters um, or these really exceptional performances by characters that we presumably will never see again. Um, right. with yeah. uh the the actress who plays um Tom's daughter in the first episode uh Tess I really did not see Tess uh um spoiler alert for the last of us I guess um, <laughs> I didn't see I didn't see what happened to Tess happening to Tess in the second episode and then like presumably we're only getting one episode with uh Murray Bartlett and Nick Offerman in the in these roles uh, yeah. I, I, um, what I will say is that like, you know, the, the like little side quests, these little things of like just building out the world are very cool. And I didn't, I didn't watch the game, right? Like I'm, right. I, I didn't watch, I didn't play the game. Uh, um, and so that's been uh, interesting to do that. I'm, I'm listening to the decoding TV coverage of it. Um, and it's interesting cause they have like the, the, the both hosts of the show one is like a video game player and the other one is a video game player but he also hosts the official last of us podcast for the video game and seeing their commentary about like the things that they enjoy how they're just enjoying it overall and there's at yeah. this point right now in the series there's not a lot about there's not a lot of like disagreement with it which is right very interesting. I, I think this is a phenomenon. And I was and I, I texted you, I think, when I started uh when I started my Walking Dead um 
my Walking Dead rewatch that like isn't this interesting how like when the Walking Dead started it was like the rise of the Tea Party in the legislature in, in Congress mm. rise of Tea Party and that kind of like you know conservative movement and then now like we're back like with the premiere of the last of us we have a republican controlled congress again uh, and yeah. post trumpism but still dealing with those effects uh, the the maga kind of effects of it and you know it goes back to yeah. season 1 and of the pandemic school. i mean so much like yeah, yeah so much has happened trauma wise culturally and globally uh, yeah that yeah, the film is really or the uh, show is really speaking to that, and um, and obviously it's it's very meta, yeah, because like they even make offhanded comments about you know the government being unable to handle a pandemic, yeah, um, and you know so yeah, it's it's yeah, it's very interesting, and again, like yeah, what we do here, the thesis of this show, like in ten years when we look back and examine this time, that this is going to be sort of one of those little cultural significant cultural pieces that really spoke to you know what happened during covid um even though the game predates it but still like deciding to make it now and deciding to make this adaptation uh for a game that i think debuted in 2013 so it's like they could have made this show back then in 15 or 16 but for it to come out right at this time it's just yeah, it's it's a really interesting commentary and and an aligning of 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 things. So yay. Yeah. Alrighty. Um, well, oh yeah. yeah. Anything else you wanted to say? I was just gonna say that, you know, I love mushrooms. I haven't been eating them. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it, it the uh imagery in it is really creepy and really well done. And it took me back because I remember when um I was watching uh Hannibal, you know, yep. they have that yes. Yeah, and they yes. have that the mushroom thing. And I thought, man, I never seen anything like that before. And I, I feel that the presence of that even um th- like that memory really adds to this show too. Like all these people kind of mushrooms growing out of them and yeah. They're alive. Yeah. They're one organism. Oh God. Yeah. The the like yeah. I don't I don't think I talk enough about how Hannibal first season of Hannibal was so pushed me to my limit. Yeah. Um, and this it was, was a pre fright school context too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was quite brilliant. All right. Well, um, on the subject of brilliance, <laughs> we're going to take a quick break and we will be back with our friend Sam Whiteman to uh, do a chat about Miss Megan. We're here to entertain you. We'll sing your song. Hey there. Are you obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsie Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. All right, welcome back. So we are, again, thrilled to be joined by Mr. Sam Weinman to discuss 2022's Megan. Um, let's see, who do we got? 2023's Directed- Megan. Oh, sorry. Well, because it was it released. Oh, no, sorry. 23. 
Well, it's because it was released in Los Angeles Although it was December seventh, so they consider it twenty twenty two on here. But you're right. The wide release My bad. was no. My you're bad. you're right. We've had this happen on the show before, where they release stuff because of like you know Tribeca or Can or some kind of thing, yeah. and then it's Jason like, X, same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so. So reading off of here, it said 2022, but you're right. The wide release 2023, um, you know, from, uh, you know, the House of Blum. <laughs> and and from, the, uh, from the legendary House of Blum. Now. Yes. Uh, directed by Gerard Johnstone. Screenplay by the delightful Akila Cooper. Um, yeah. Amazing. And we've got Alice Such Williams. Talent. Yeah. Oh, can't even. Um, Allison Williams from Get Out. Jenna Davis. Violet McGraw. Uh you know, a, a new take on the killer doll and a delightful re- reimagining of this kind of concept. So let's start with you, Joe, as always. What did you think? I uh, loved it. No notes. <laughs> loved it. <laughs> yeah. No notes. No notes. Absolutely none. Yes. Um, I did not know Akila until Joshua told me I did not know Akila Cooper did one of my favorite films um of uh, i think it came out last year malignant <laughs> mm-hmm. i was like yeah, uh, 2021 uh, 2021 says, yeah. but again we don't need yeah. to get into that again <laughs> but i gotta tell you i was like loved it no notes can't wait for the sequel can't wait for all of the sequels um i thought this could have been the kind of like spiritual like the, the kind of like spiritual comeback uh sequel to get out because like now, now Allison Williams is getting terrorized. Um, in her, uh, <laughs> it, it, instead of her doing the terrorizing, she's the one. Um, she's the one terrorizing people. But yeah, it was. I I loved it from beginning to end. I thought it was a perfect first film for a franchise, and I hope that we get Megan Four. You know, I hope we get you know. <laughs> And then eventually we'll get like, you know, Megan three dream warrior. Like we'll get it all. Goes uh, but to space. Megan goes to space. <laughs> With <Megan>. Sam. <laughs> Perfect pets versus Megan. Yes. I want we need the demonic whole, toys. The Megan versus. universe. <laughs> yeah. I want the, yes. I want the Megan cinematic universe for sure. I, um, yeah, I, I have more to say, but and that's... now that James Wan is connected to Blumhouse, right? We could get Annabelle versus Megan. That could happen. Oh my gosh. Now, Annabelle would be very still for a lot of this, and Megan would be doing a lot of work. Yeah. But I'd still I want to see it. I mean, like, I've seen the I've seen the the memes of like who would win, right? And I really don't know. Um I'm partial. I mean, I'm I'm a full Megan Stan. This is a Megan Stan yeah. account at this point, but yeah. Um, yeah. She's got that power top kind of vibe, you know. So like yeah. Annabelle better watch herself. <laughs> 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 um sam you like i said earlier when we were talking before recording your um your twitter is like yeah it's like a, a stan account now. <laughs> like you, you've gone yeah. quite a number of times to see it in in the theater and just yeah tell us what what's your love what is it <laughs> i appreciate you asking me to talk about megan because i fucking love this movie i've seen it yeah. at this point i've seen it three times i'm seeing it a fourth time this week with my boyfriend who has not seen it yet <gasps> and if he doesn't see it after this week we're breaking up that's that's just it. <laughs> I'm gonna take him there myself. Um, I was lucky enough. I got to see a in a, a screening of it back last spring, and um, which is forever ago. And I yeah. and I and I got to sign a thing where you can't talk about it. I'm like, oh my god, how am I gonna not talk about my favorite movie of 2022, like for a year? <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> and uh and, and at the time when I had seen it, they hadn't um I'd seen everything except for the ending. Um, all the way up to when Megan's back in the house and the piano is playing um Toy Soldiers, and then it just cut to black, and I was like, Oh fuck, it's gonna be a minute <laughs> for this to get resolved. Um, and I but I loved it. I loved it right away, and I um and I'm fortunate enough to have gotten to see it. Finally, with the ending um, last or when it came out uh, in L.A. So I should have known that release date instead of completely derailing you because I <laughs> got to see it um, in person. I think that um, what draws me to Megan is not just her memeability. I think it's really easy to look at the movie and go, OK, like Megan, that is that is. Uh, she's funny, right? And like that, and queer people grabbed onto it. We made memes, straight people love what we love. So then they were <laughs> like, okay, we like it too. Let's let's drag race this, you know? Say that, say right. that. And yes. Oh! <laughs> uh, yeah. Right? So that, that happened. I think queer people saw it. We loved it. And we made it our, we we were their marketing machines. And uh, I think, as as Jordan put it, queer people loved it and and became marketing machines for them, which isn't necessarily bad. It's good, right? Because we got it, we. I think it is queer people that I think the fact that this movie is great is one thing. I think it's queer people behind it that helped give it the momentum that it has. Um, I love Megan. I love her as as all like how she presents. I love that she has a million outfits. I love that my friends and I could all go as Megan. I want to be Peacoat Megan for Halloween. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yes. I love I love that part. I love that Megan um never kills anybody who doesn't suck. I mean, she does ki- mm-hmm. No, I get, I was going to say she she kills a dog, which okay, but like the dog sucked. She kills a it kid. Does suck. But the kid sucks. Like <laughs> Megan um Megan is a punisher. I mean, the the closest thing is like the boss is pretty cool. <laughs> but like he's still not without his flaws. Megan is um Megan is the fierce protector that I wish I had as a kid. You know what I mean? And I think that that may be part of what mm-hmm. I know me as a queer person that draws me to it. You know, I we all have uh our own relationships, our own complexities with how we feel about family. Um yeah. but I think in general there's a big found family theme in this movie and what is family and what does it mean um, to love and, yeah. and what makes someone real? You know, right. we, we talk about uh, there's a line when um, Alison Williams character says um, that she's not real. And, um, and the response is you can't, uh, it's something along the lines like, you can't say that. Um, that's not up to you. Right. You know, right. or yeah, she is yeah. why do you get to decide? Right. Yeah. Or yeah. Why do you get to decide that? That's what it is. And it's like, uh, that's the gayest line I've heard in 2023. You know what I mean? Like, come on. <laughs> so uh, I think both in a, on a thematic level, I'm drawn to that queerness, but I'm also, I, I think Megan's gay as hell and I'm in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, did, did you see um, Linda Carter, you know, the real Wonder Woman? Um, she posted uh, uh, the, uh, the me or the, uh, yeah, it's the meme of like Meryl Streep from, uh, Devil Wears Prada saying groundbreaking and she's like when I see you all dressed as Megan at Pride this summer <laughs> and I was like wow <laughs> Linda geez let us have it she but knows you her said audience. Halloween so but yeah okay. I expect to see I both. gotta say I'm gonna tell you something that I have not told anybody but <laughs> when Exclusive. I was at I was at the Megan screening last spring right and I I I had said to one of the executives after 
I said, this is the gayest movie you've ever made. And he was like, what? How? And I kind of, I broke, and, and you know, kind of explained it a little bit. And I'm like, no, it, this is going to, this is going to read for queer people. Just watch. And so then when I came to, I got to see a, a cut of Halloween ends um, early too that year. And, um, and that executive introduced me to Jason, Jason Blum. And he said, oh, this is the guy that said Megan's gay. And I said, yeah, everybody's going to be Megan for Halloween. Just watch. And then you know what he went as for Halloween? Yeah. Megan. I saw Just going to say it. Listen, yeah. Jason. <laughs> I see yeah. you. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I saw his Twitter when he shared the, the photos. Um, yeah. Delightful. Uh, I lo- like wish he had done the, more yeah. contouring, but it's great to see him explore. <laughs> You know, you know, we it, it's never good the first time out, right? It's always it's never good well, the first does, time he out. He does drag every single Halloween. So listen, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, we're not here to drag Jason. Here to talk about Megan because I <laughs> drag in Jason's drag, <laughs> drag, drag somebody's drag. Listen, it's all expression, right? And it's yeah. exciting to see it. Actually, uh, at the premiere in L.A., Jason was also in Megan Drag and introduced the movie. Um, with like those nine different Megan uh, actors who do the dancing yeah. all, in all their videos. Yeah, I saw the, cool. the sequence. I don't know if like you shared video of it, but I know I saw like they were outside. Did. Yeah, and then they came into the theater and were dancing. I was like, oh my gosh, this is yeah. amazing. Um, Joe, what was Way it? Way to lean in. Yeah, exactly. Like, fuck it. Like, just go. It, it very much knows what it's doing. Uh, I think it's very smart um, in a way that, like, because when I first heard about it and people were discussing what it was going to be, I'm like, well, they just did that with the Child's Play reboot. Like, it's not a soul. It's a, you know, it's a technological thing that goes wrong or, you know, like, oh, I'm protecting right. Andy or whatever his name is in the, I, I only watched that movie one time. Um I was mostly just offended that Aubrey Plaza is already playing moms. Like, how did that happen? But oh my god, we, yeah. we don't need to get we don't need to get into all that. But the point is that I just was like, what is this going to have that was already kind of said? Mm-hmm. And then I was like, ah, mm-hmm. so much, <laughs> so much, <laughs> and way better. So, but Joe, I am curious, like, because you like text me right away, like, you have to see this movie. It's the best thing ever. <laughs> It's like, okay. (laughs) Well, so the reason, so what surprised me the most about the movie um, was the fact that I went in thinking that Megan is going to basically be a hour and a half long Black Mirror episode about why technology is awful and killing all of us, right? It's, I was, I was going in there thinking like, okay, this is a movie about technology being shitty. Um, Yes, and. <laughs> but, but so it was that, but it didn't lean into that. It talked more about the trauma. I was like, oh, you want to talk about something gay? <laughs> Let's talk about trauma. Trau- what's gayer trauma. than trauma? What's gayer than, uh, trauma. What's gayer than trauma, girl? Like trauma, trauma. <laughs> and rising above. Um, But no, but like it was just, it was like that whole, the whole sequence of when, when it's the, the, the demonstration for the executives, right? And yes. um, she, Megan comes out and then Katie just like starts sobbing and Megan's like comforting her. I'm like, oh my God, yes, all of this trauma. And like, give me, give me trauma. I'm like, I feel like, um, I feel like someone who uh, started talking to someone at a party that they didn't know and being trauma dumped on and kind of like living for it. Like, yes, yes, <laughs> I see you, I yeah. see you. 
and and that's what was the most interesting thing about it of like the um how not only the attachment that Katie has to Megan but also like not I, I like still quite not understanding what like uh what's her name uh Gemma right so um mm-hmm. Gemma's whole deal about like she wants to keep Katie um uh, in her house because she made a promise to the sister but like also not really being present um which I was and and that was just really a really great way to use kind of like this um the underlying trauma of of a horror movie right so it's like you know sydney's like the the sydney's mom is a whore right of everything is just like the the underlying trauma is that this girl is um this girl loses her parents and then is like legitimately finding a friend in this doll and it also um it also kind of asks a question about like what's wrong with that kind of attachment um, I think I, I was starting to think about it in terms of like, you know how like it, we're of the age where we have internet friends. Like we have friends that like we met primarily online. We primarily interact with them online. We maybe get to see them once or twice in our lifetime or, you know, since we've met them and we've been talking to them for years. I have several really good friends that are internet friends. And to me, it's like it's it was kind of a way, my way of like thinking about Megan being this being this like technology that I have so much uh technology that someone can have so much affinity for. Um I I I can't wait to watch it again. <laughs> and I really need to take my sister because I I sent her the trailer when I was going and I was like, hey, I'm gonna watch this. It's supposed to be really, really fun and really funny. She watches the trailer, she texts me back, she's like, I don't understand how this was supposed to be funny. Um, thank you. I will not watch. <laughs> Thank you. I can't. I can't go with you. She doesn't like. She doesn't <laughs> like horror movies. Um, I made her like. I basically sat with her and watched all of Midnight Mass in one day. Um, but she just couldn't see it, and I was like, "No, it's different. You were going opening weekend. The theater is full of horror people. Like the laughs were uh, where I laughs were had where maybe there shouldn't have been laughs. But again, that's that's also the beauty of seeing it in a theater full of people." Um, and I immediately had to text Joshua because, like, the moment the therapist shows up and opens her mouth that she's the therapist, I knew she was the therapist because she was wearing this huge ass cardigan. Like, she always, had the... oh my god, always <laughs> therapist and cardigans. It's, it's illegal for us not to have card. I have a whole closet full of cardigans, and I'm adding more. <laughs> yeah, it's illegal. It's it's part of the licensing. How many? It's like a hairspray. How many sweaters do you have? Five. <laughs> But see, no, I've got 40 cardigans. But see, now that I know that Akila Cooper did both Malignant and Megan, and I think both films take place in Seattle, what we're really saying is that Gabriel and Megan could have a showdown, right? That's what we're really saying. And I I think it we need to, I think we need to talk about that and hopefully get the internet campaign rolling to have there be like, you know, Gabriel versus Megan, and then ultimately like a dance off. Well, they're kind of weird body, like, yes, movements. That could be fun. I'm I'm here for that, Joe. I I'll, I'll, I'll invest in that dream with you. (laughs) Also. And again, I hope they come out 
Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. Go, go, go. No, no. I was going to say, and go then, it, and then again, not for nothing, but like, I think we speculate a little bit on like the Cole, Brian Jordan Alvarez's character's sexuality, but like that, the fact that he's such a known queer gay actor and, um, or at least known to us. Right. And to yeah, see that wig moment was yes. really funny. <laughs> That's a, that is, that is the queerness of his character is yeah. choosing the, the, should we reconsider this wig that I use on TikTok? Yeah, yeah. It, it was just that so moment, good. but like him, and then the other, like her other lab person, like the gay guy and the black girl not getting killed again, like perfect, right? Perfect. So happy, so yeah. happy to see them alive at the end. That means yes. we get to see another one with our friends. You know what I mean? Like I love that. That's the scream factor where it's like we don't keep well in this case we do we I will come and see I don't care who's around I'll see I'll see Megan 25 you know what I mean like it, it I don't care if it but but also I did grow attached to the other characters in this film because I think yeah. Kayla Cooper knows how to write a fucking character mm-hmm. and I want to see them again and again and again yeah yeah a hundred percent yeah yeah i hope they scream to this and like really try and force it out as quickly as possible i know that's a terrible thing to wish on a film especially from (laughs) this shouldn't even come out of the mouths of a filmmaker but i want it so bad (laughs) yeah yeah and well and i have a feeling it's it's it'll come sooner than later for sure because it's just doing so well uh you know i mean it's kind of amazing again like i said earlier for something that seems rather wrote at the, and i mean that's kind of what we're getting in this golden age of of horror or however you want to say it again i mean it's you know it's just like saying like you know horror's always been queer it's not becoming queer you know so it's like horror is always great um but you know in this like time period we're living in and and seeing so much great you know conversations happening in horror something that seems so basic <laughs> as, as a movie about a killer doll it doesn't seem and then it's just it's this yeah incredible comment um and i think they handle that pretty well too like for the therapist and like the conversation they're having about grief like there were things that she said that i'm like i need to remember that because that's very nice <laughs> like you because i have to i'm gonna you know i'll be working with children um in the um you know likely in the hospice that i'm trying to get placed at for my practicum mm. Um, You're working at a hospice with children. Are you working at the Midnight Club hospice? Like, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, it is what I want to do. So I, you know, I hope. I hope. I hope. Um, but um, you know, interviews are coming. Um, actually, by I think by the time this airs, I'll I'll, I'll have it. But uh, they're interested. But we're not here to talk about that. I'm going to start a whole other podcast about my MFT experience. I guess. Um, I'll be listening. And it'll just be <laughs> me fun. showing showing off sweaters, uh, showing off my cardigan collection. Um, you need to do a therapist get ready with me like TikTok <laughs> series where it's just yeah. you putting on. This is my cardigan for you know, the, these these cardigans represent different disorders in the DSM. This one is my uh, you know <laughs> dissociative identity pod, <laughs> dissociative identity cardigan. Oh, uh, Joe, I love that. I love that. I love that idea. You're so you're so brilliant. <laughs> Anyways, but my point is, is that like I think they handle it really well, and that conversation it is a is a really important conversation that we're having about screen time and computers and social media and these ideas about what is and isn't a friend and you know processing grief and all. So I just think it handles it really really well in ways that like you know when we talked about um, Dream Warriors, you know, there's a 
character in there who you know everybody thinks dies by suicide and suicide is kind of a kind of a subplot they don't really hit it head on um but obviously you know it's there but they're like this is so cowardly and there i mean there's just such this um really dated treatment of of suicidality and so mm. which in horror is so easy to do and and to use mental illnesses and disorders to you know and um you know wrong <laughs> thinking about it that i think is is handled pretty well in this movie and again i i i think that it's a tough thing like you know if you just inherit a child and one that is so traumatized, like, what is the right mm-hmm. thing to do? What are the, you know, so it's like she's trying her best and she's, you know, getting better with this. Sure, sure. Toy, quote unquote. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think it's having really interesting dialogue that I did not expect at all. Like I said, I was like, I'll see it because it's a horror film. Um, and, you know, I was excited about who wrote it and, you know, and the production and all that, of course, but I was not prepared to be moved by it. And there was, I mean, that sequence where they're talking, where she has a breakdown that you mentioned. I mean, that <laughs> I almost started crying in the theater. I'm like, this is really beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that opportunity. May we all have the right words in those moments. Akila Cooper's we'll writing. Think of her. <laughs> yeah, Akila Cooper's writing, like the characters, as as you've all mentioned, like the characters are really well, are really fleshed out and just like you relate to them. And also like it the the trope of the trope for Gemma, right, could have been that she's just a um she's just a self-involved techie, right? Like that's the trope. But they but you actually make her like we empathize with her, like she's experiencing this tragedy as well as Katie is and is trying to yeah. do right by her because of promises that she made her sister. And so to see how she has a lot of that humanity, because you 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 could have easily done the the played uh the the thing that's very trite where it's just she is shitty and then ultimately redeems tries to redeem herself at the end but no like you you see her emotional journey play out and is also like very it's interesting because it's like you're building this robot for because you want it to be this experience for children, but at the same time, like you're also very aware that it is a robot. Like it's kind of like Houdini, who is a magician, but like was also a person who debunked like mystics and um mediums, right? Like he's like, no, there's no such thing as real magic. All magic is stagecraft and this, that, and the other. And and it's just so awesome how they put that together like i i I don't know the for this to be the first movie i've seen of 2023 is a really high bar (laughs) that's all i'm going to say um and i'm so glad that like and also to make a movie that is queer and gay that like doesn't have same-sex people kissing you know what i mean like we didn't like shoe in like a, a, a gay person, uh, 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 someone's roommate that turns out to be gay. Like we didn't glass onion this right, where it's like, oh, he has like he's his partner is Hugh Grant, break baking, like wow. that is that is also really really interesting. And Sam, I wonder if you have any thoughts on this. Well, you know, it's like that the tweets I keep seeing about like if queer people had shown up for Bros the way they showed up for Megan, or most of them are actually a lot more. Uh, mean about it or like oh if bros had what megan had or if they just knew this is what the gays want and um i so i think there's actually something that's a really interesting film to look at in terms of what 
what draws us to a film. Mm-hmm. You know, um, sometimes we want. Uh, sometimes I do want to see myself explicitly represented. I want to see a relationship that is that feels like a relationship I would have. And yet, not all horror has to be about relationships. And right. not all not all things queer have to do with sex. Right. You know, I know that'll be shocking to straight people who uh, <laughs> seem really concerned with what happens in the bedroom. But Megan is, it, it succeeds in being such a queer film. And yet <laughs> there isn't any, anything in terms of what we would think of as explicit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think looking at what we want in a more holistic way as, as queer people, what, what does a queer audience want? Like, I, I think that's a bigger question to explore. And I'm glad that studios are like, maybe starting to pay attention to that. Like, yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, absolutely. It's not enough to just stick us in there, you know, or to, or to, or to have a, you know, yeah, like a queer romantic relationship. Uh, Cause obviously the relationships in, are very important in this film, but they're not romantic. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Right. I, I, yeah, I, I have to agree with that. Um, if you want to hear us talk more about bros, uh, you can follow us on our Patreon where that will be, uh, we'll be discussing that. Um, but I, I'm not to say to shut down conversation about bros, but it's no, just no, totally. Like, Joe made me watch it. And so that's, you know, we have, <laughs> We're going to do a more full discussion I mean, on these topics. That's about the most I want to talk about, bros. I just... <laughs> not, not hate not What I've just said here is about as much as I want to say, but I have to do yeah. a whole other episode about it. <laughs> but I, and I, I just... I love that... That Megan is something that we were... That I think... It, I want to phrase it right. Because I, I don't want to speak for all people. But it's nice to see a large queer following behind a film, just yeah. any film just that's happening. That isn't just cats. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I love, yeah, cats. Right? you know, I saw that one a million times in theater. So I'm not even knocking that. I just mean like, it's nice to see this happen. Um, and it's nice to see yeah. those numbers translate to box office numbers, because I think yeah. that the queer audience is an important audience that gets overlooked a lot in terms of, I mean, just, just speaking from personal experience, like going into meetings and having conversations about who is this movie for? Who are the people that are going to show up for it? That kind of thing. Like those are really real conversations. And until, until people start connecting dollar signs with queer viewers, um, Mm -hmm. it's challenging to get our stories told. And so seeing queer people show up for a film like Megan is something worth celebrating. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. That's like the perfect wrap up. Thank you. I'm so glad we had this conversation with you. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you again. Yeah. And um, Joe, thank you for seeing something before me and being right about it. <laughs> it happens. This is proof. This is evidentiary it proof. Does. It, it does. And I, I will concede, you know, when uh, when that happens. So I love it. I love it. Uh, again, I just love what a horror fan you've grown into. So, all right. Well, with that, again, thank you so much, Sam Weinman, for, you know, giving us a little bit of your time. And uh, Joe, good night. Good night. Fright School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron. Our intro was edited by Davey Boy Productions. Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Fright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California.
You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 